Welcome to Mission Connect, a podcast brought to you by Passion to Reach Ministry, designed to equip you to connect with God's mission for your life. I'm Emily James, your host, and here with co-host, Passion to Reach's founder and director, Pastor Fanu Ipe. How are you, Pastor Fanu? I am doing great, Emily, and as always, excited for another Mission Connect podcast. Yes, this is a reminder to all our listeners. This podcast is all about connect, helping you connect to God's mission for your life and helping others connect to their mission. So here we are with another episode. And again, we have a guest here who's going to share her story with us. Uh, again, another you know neat perspective of someone who grew up in the church and, and her journey through even that, though, discovering God for her own. You know, one of the things, Emily, that I think is so important, and uh, we probably don't emphasize Emphasize, emphasize it enough uh, is that really God's mission uh, is not only to individuals, it is to individuals, but it's within the context of his body. Mm-hmm. And Jesus said, I will build my church. And, and church doesn't mean a building or maybe even a specific organization, but I will build my ecclesia. I'll build the group of believers, the assembly of right. believers that I am calling. And so the global church, if you will. And so no matter what church context you're in, God has called us to be in relationship Mm -hmm. with others and many times that's how we will discover our mission because we walk in relationship because we grow and mature with other believers and God uses others to speak into our lives and you know one of the people that I think about as I'm thinking of our guest today is the Apostle Paul because right from the first moment that God met him on the road to Damascus the Bible tells us God spoke to Ananias and he said Mm -hmm. you need to go and pray for him you need to and Ananias is like God like this guy is a pretty much a terrorist if you will in the Christian uh, you know, church. Um, and God says, no, I've called him, but I need you to go and I need you to minister to him. Yeah. And so then, you know, when he started speaking initially, all the disciples were afraid of him. And then Barnabas comes along and he sort of vouches for for Paul and then, uh, you know, introduces him to the apostles, etc. So mm-hmm. Paul's journey, you see that, yes, he was an in- individually, he was an amazing man of God who did great things for God, a great apostle, a great writer of the books of the New Testament, but he also needed people around him right. that he walked in relationship with so that he could discover God's mission for his life and that he could fulfill that mission in the context of the church. Right. Yeah, and that's powerful. And, you know, uh, even within... You know, a lot of times our mission is connected to um, serving and who can we serve and and what can we do. And a lot of times, you know, when we first uh, come into the faith and stuff, you know, we need to be faithful even in those things. A lot of people are like, why isn't this area of my life happening? Why I'm calling out to God and this isn't happening. And yet God's asking for them to respond, to serve in the church, to be a part of what God's doing there. And they're, they're ignoring that or refusing that or wanting, you know, great things right away and yet God's saying here's you know where I'm calling you in this moment and then he moves us out and you know that's a part of being of that that church family that church context and and building his church serving his people and I remember Jesus, you know, uh, in, in the New Testament, uh, where he says, if you're faithful in a little, and that mm-hmm. idea that you yeah. have to be faithful, you have to be a good steward in where I've placed you within that context. And as you serve the people around you, uh, then I'm going to increase uh, your influence and I'm going to allow other people to come under your influence so you can uh, fulfill your mission uh, through them as well. So with all that said, I think you should bring our guest on. I, we really want to hear from her today. So. Yes, we'd like to introduce to you Michelle Barrington. Thank you for joining us, Michelle. 
Hi, it's Michelle. great to be here. Great to have you on the show. Thank you so much for taking time to share your story uh, with us yeah. uh, and to uh, with all of our listeners. That's great. I'm I'm excited to be able to share my story and to in hopes that it would really help others and um, allow them to connect with God's mission for them. Well, Michelle, listen. I mean, when I, I we obviously have relationship with you, know you, uh, know the church family you're a part of, and you can talk about that a little bit uh, as well. And uh, we just want to say that uh, you know we're really. Uh, your life is an inspiration. What you do uh, as a young woman uh, of God mm-hmm. uh, and the steps of faith you've taken, um, you know, I, I think uh, a lot of young people can find inspiration uh, yeah. by the way you live your life and how you serve God. So having said that, tell us a little bit about where your journey started. What's your context? How did, how we, where did you grow up? And how did you come to that encounter with Jesus first, where you came into that sort of personal relationship with Christ? Yes, well, I'd say my story is unique in the sense that um, I grew up in the church, mm. in the church context, and my parents were both pastors, and so they're still PK. pastors today. Okay. Yes, I belong mm. to the group of PKs, <laughs> and I'm proud to belong. Okay. <laughs> Anywho, um, that was my context. I grew up uh, with faith, and um, I remember at a very early age, my parents really asked me the questions they um do you want to receive Jesus in your heart? And as a little kid already, I was like, yes, you know, enthusiastic about um, following Jesus. And so I grew up in that context. And of course, when you're a little kid, giving your whole life is just probably a little thing, right? You know, mm-hmm. all I have is, you know, my friends, yes, I'm going to give my life. And I guess as I grew in my um, just personal life um, into my teenage years, um, there was more of what that yes looked like. Yeah. And um, I think there was a time where um, I went to a youth encounter, youth, entre- youth retreat, and it was a time where things really shifted in my life because of um, it's like God grabbed a hold of my heart in such a personal and intimate way where um, everything else became, you know, meaningless, right. to, you know, compared to... Um, what uh, what a relationship with God in a deep and intimate way? Because I grew up in that church setting and um, serving in the church in a sense. You know, being part. My parents mm-hmm. were. I was always around. Um, so part of whatever kids ministry. You know everything. But I'd say in a personal way where I had more of a grip or mm. had come to terms with my own decision in my life. It had been after that kind of youth encounter retreat when I, I knew I knew Jesus and I knew the context of Jesus. I knew about him, but I had such a passion to know him more and to grab mm-hmm. hold of him in the way that he grabbed hold of me. Grab yeah, held yeah. me and, yes. and grabbed a hold of my heart. So yeah. that's incredible. You know, I, I, as you were talking, uh, Michelle, I was thinking about this, and I, I'm sure there's a lot of our listeners that are in the same uh, place as you were at, where you grew up in church. Uh, you know, they did a study um, across Canada called Hemorrhaging Faith. I'm sure you probably heard about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, young people uh, across our nation, and um, I think there was a part of the survey had to do with Christian young people who um, still identified as Christian of whatever denomination, um, but were not really engaged in their faith. 
right? And so talk to us for a moment about what is that, what is the difference? So you grew up in church, you were serving, you're always involved, and then you said at its youth encounter or youth retreat, God really got a hold of your heart. I mean, God just, you know, something changed, something shifted. You came to a, a new level in your relationship with God. What's the difference? If there's a young person listening to you today says, oh, I go to church, I do the mm-hmm. religious thing, but I don't really understand what you're talking about when it comes to encounter with Jesus or knowing Christ personally. What are they missing out on? What is that shift that needs to happen in everyone's life, really? Mm-hmm. Well, for me, um, it was the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, so I'm just going to be really honest. Yeah, and absolutely. Um, at that time where they introduced us to the, to the power of the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. and the Holy Spirit just came upon me and it changed from tradition mm. to something within like, you know, like streams of living water coming out of my life mm-hmm. that there was just something so life giving about giving my life. And it confused me, but it was something in my heart that I connected with. It wasn't something I could achieve or earn, but I think because my heart was just open, um, you know, God had his own timing with me. And so I would say to people who are, you know, the difference is if you're in that, um, you know, don't just do things to serve because you have to, but allow yourself, allow your heart to be open to whatever, to receive God in an intimate way and um, be open to the Holy Spirit because he wants to speak to us and he wants to move. And Mm -hmm. that's when things literally change. You look at Acts and, you know, things completely shifted and turned around every, you know, a boldness came over the church when um, all of a sudden the Holy Spirit came and it it just changed everything. And Mm -hmm. I feel like that was me when I was open to the Holy Spirit. And I was one of those teenagers where there's like receive the Holy Spirit. And, you know, it's a little bit intimidating or scary if you're to be honest. But I think that I, I just saw the truth of the word and said, hey, you know, my heart is here. I want to receive more of you, whatever that looks like, Lord, come. And he came and in a different way and it changed everything. And I can't explain it. I wish I could, but I'd say that was kind of my heart was in my, what I did was just be open and the Holy Spirit did the rest. So, And what was that change like? What happened after that moment? I completely understand where you're mm-hmm. at because actually I have a similar uh, experience in how God transformed my life as mm-hmm. well. But tell us in your own words and your own experience, what changed? I mean, so you were probably, I don't know, serving in church, uh, maybe on the worship team or, or some other capacity. And then the Sunday after or two Sundays later, you're back at church. What changed? How how did you look at life and church and ministry differently because of that ex- experience and encounter? Well, everything changed. Mm. Um And it was really more so in my personal walk that fed out into what um, I did in ministry on my outlook. And Mm. I just remember coming into places like at that time, I didn't even have a perfect context to go before the Lord. Like just to be really honest with you, there would be times when I, you know, I had a sister in a room and, and she had a baby and I just, I just love the Lord so much that even I'd go into the washroom and just cry before the Lord and, and like allow him to encounter me, look into the word, speak to him, pray. And that's kind of what changed inside my heart. It's just, he grabbed a hold of my heart, but I responded and gave time and made room Mm. in the secret place. And I believe that as a result, my outlook changed because it was in that time that, um, God spoke to me and showed me things differently. So it wasn't like right. I was trying to look at things differently. God, what do you have for me now? It's just a, a, a result of 
spending quiet time with Jesus, spending, giving room and allowing him to just encounter me personally. And when you read the word, when the Holy Spirit's speaking to you, Mm. everything changes afterwards. So you look at things differently. Now you look into ministry and you, you don't see it like a task or a job or, um, something you just have to do, but you just see it from the heart of God because you're connected to him. Mm. So that was, so it's no longer about, I've got to do this. This is my duty. It's more, I get to do this because God's called mm, me yes. and, and I'm getting to make a difference in, in people's lives. Yes. Uh, uh, that's powerful. Yeah, you know, and one of the things, you know, I know Michelle on a ministry level in terms of, you know, just being connected through the church and the work that we do and stuff. And I, one thing with Michelle is that I've always seen just a passion that flows out of her, whether she's speaking in front of people, whether she's connecting one-on-one with people in every context that I've seen her. And it's really something that, you know, has spoken even to me. And so how do you, what would you say to people who maybe have grown up in the church and again are kind of in this, in that place where where they're maybe haven't come to a full personal relationship with God, or maybe they've been in the church for a while and they're feeling um, discontent or um, they're, you know, maybe lacking passion or just, or just feel a bit in a rut. What would you say to them to encourage them of, you know, how do you live out this life being led by the Holy Spirit daily and being renewed constantly um, and, and be passionate in everything really that you do i'd say make room Mm. um in in this time in this day and age it's really difficult to um spend time with god and yet um i look at jesus's life always as an example to me that he made the initiative he took the initiative and spent time I, i i'm always amazed saying like how did jesus how did you know how did you how did you know how to stop for the one? How did you know to minister the crowd and then, you know, go along the path? And and I just, you always see his life pulling away and spending time mm. with Jesus and uh, or with, 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 with father. father, the Father. And I think it's just making room mm-hmm. for God um, and in, in our busy context. Um, and for me, that's what it looks like so what are some practical ways if you can share uh with our listeners on how you do that uh, i love your washroom story yes. uh, you know what are some other places and other times and you know ways you figure out how you can spend some time with the lord and yeah so it's i, I believe it looks different for everyone Correct, yeah. um depending on you and um y- for me it's been uh, multiple things because as seasons change throughout life time changes you know it looks different for me a lot of times it's in my car you know worship music on all the time I grew up um, on the worship team so I you know had that experience of listening to worship music um, and that just kind of connects me to God right away. Um, so that one was really powerful, just listening to worship music, um, having that in my ear, because it's just truth singing over your life and connecting in that way. Um, I'd say practically, yeah, just whatever it looks like in wherever time you can make. Some people, it's more of a discipline thing where they set aside time um, specifically every day. For me, it hasn't been like that. It's been finding time throughout you know wherever I am whether it be driving on my way or if sometimes I'm putting on my makeup and I just have to stop like this morning to be really honest with you I'm putting on my makeup and I just I have a moment with God and I said let me just let me sit here God I need I want to speak to you I want to spend time with you I'm not in a rush and so 
you know, I, practically, I feel like it's very hard to say because for everyone, it looks really different. But I'd say whatever works best for you, and but to be intentional about it and make mm. room for it. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Uh, now, Michelle, how, uh, where are you today when it comes to fulfilling God's mission for your life? And, you know, uh, we talked about this before we went uh, live on air, uh, that uh, no one really is in the fullness of their mission necessarily. We're all on a journey. But where you are today, you've taken some significant steps. So I'd like you to share with our listeners just what, you know, school and university has been like for you. And then now what you're doing in the church context and how that sort of happened, how how you got arrived at that moment and uh in a day and age when a lot of young people are not willing to do what you've done Mm -hmm. um what were some of the challenges that you faced in making that decision all right so um right now i'm currently um leading the youth and young adult ministries of our champion life network of churches so um that is overseeing any youth and young adults. I'm also involved in our pastoral staff preaching um, throughout our different satellite centers um, and also helping with in the governmental leadership of our church and acting almost more so as a bridge in terms of connectivity and intergenerational Mm. uh, continuity Mm. to continue to be a voice to speak into leadership and thankfully my church has been so amazing our leadership to bridge that so that's kind of really quickly um what i do and um how i came about into that was i actually pursued um it's been a different journey for me my i grew up um with my dad um always growing us up in this kingdom mindset so we never felt the burden or pressure to become a pastor like if I was a pastor's kid we he never said you need to become a pastor in fact he said whatever you do in life you're called to make an impact um because God's kingdom is bigger than the church in fact you are the church so you're called to make an impact and so we grew up with that mindset and so I pursued commerce and at U of T I studied and I was uh, I, I was in my last year graduating and um for some reason I had just this uh, burning bush kind of moment, God spoke and eventually um, uh, he, he, he put a burden in my heart not to just do uh, business and kingdom, but to be about the kingdom of the, uh, the business of the kingdom. Mm. So it kind of switched on me and eventually, um, just to be really quick, um, it led to me working in my job where I was in an office for years, but at the exact same time serving in the church. So it wasn't like a career path for me that I felt called and then all of a sudden I just kind of left everything and went. It was kind of doing it at the same time because my context of understanding about the kingdom was bigger. And um, I always grew up understanding that so kind of that's how it came and people kind of recognize the call in my life and we're speaking into that until the point where just uh fairly recently you know it was just this faith journey to take a step of faith where everything became too much for me to handle my work and everything i was doing with youth ministries and and in in the church that they said we need you to come out of your current job um because we need you for more and that's kind of and I had just had to take a leap of faith and say, you know what, God, you know, there was no promise of salary. There was no promise of anything, but God had spoken into my life before that. And it, you know, I'm glad he spoke into that. It was like six years where yeah. I was working, but he had deposited things in my heart yeah. and it was, I needed that for the time of faith. So mm. I'm happy. But so now that's kind of what I'm doing. And the challenges that, you know, to 
to, to say we're really not knowing when the mm. timing of God and having that tension between, okay, God, you spoke this, but when is this going to happen and what does it look like? I feel like that's usually the challenge. And I've overcome it through um, spiritual parents guiding me throughout, praying with me, being honest with them about my seasons. And that's what like really belonging to the church family is really important for me because they've helped navigate me through those seasons and actually recognize the call and been the one um, to push me towards the call of God in my life. Yeah. So that's, that's, kind of that's incredible. It's powerful what you're sharing. And one thing that you shared, and we have five minutes left on the show, and I really want to sort of zoom in on this. You, you talked about intergenerational. And Michelle, as you're talking, one of the things that I'm thinking, you know, from my, you know, as Passion to Reach, we work with so many different churches, so many mm-hmm. different cultures, contexts, different sized churches, etc. And one of the things that I find uh, more and more, even when I travel uh, internationally, is there are fewer and fewer young people Mm -hmm. that are engaging with the church. What I mean by that is, I mean, there are young people that that may, may even know God, okay? But they've sort of given up on the church, okay? They've they've given up on church because they're like, it's too organized, it's too legalistic, it's too, uh, you know, it, it's not real, it's not authentic. Um, and further to that, a lot of young people have given up on serving in church in a, from a vocational context as well. And so this whole idea, I think there's a shift that's going on in our generation today, in our culture today, of who's going to be the next generation? What does that look like? And, and part of the problem has been that we've built a culture around church. Mm-hmm. as opposed to around kingdom. Yes. And I loved what you talked about that. Mm-hmm. And I know uh, I know your dad and the church, they're big on that. And I love that because the problem with when you build a culture around church is that mm-hmm. you, you, you get into this mold. And unless mm-hmm. it's in that mold, you know, you, you, you can't accept it. But when it's kingdom, it's so much more bigger. The, mm-hmm. the, the format can change. The avenue can change. The building can change. The, the way the, yes. the church is structured can change as long as it's so that we can actually influence the influence society, influence culture through what God is doing through our lives and, and the giftings God's given us. So talk to us, I know that's a lot, talk to us very briefly about the intergenerational aspect of things and the kingdom aspect of things mm-hmm. and how you see today uh, where the church needs to go. So imagine, uh, let, me, let me lay this out for you. Imagine a church that's been around for 50 years. Mm. They're struggling. They've got a lot of young people sort of that attend church, but mm. they're not engaged. Mm. And, and you, they bring you in to say, Michelle, help us. What do we do to engage our young people mm. so that they have a passion for ministry? They have a mm-hmm. passion for the kingdom. And how can we break the mold of our traditional services, the way we do the mm. things we do to become more kingdom minded? So we're actually mm-hmm. impacting society mm-hmm. and culture uh, in ways that we've never would have even imagined we would dare attempt in the past. Mm-hmm. I'd say for those leaders of that church, it's be willing to change. Um, Mm. And not in the sense of you're compromising or you're abandoning your faith principles, but um, looking at how um, you, you know, because there's a lot of things that have been traditional that we've held Mm -hmm. on to. And that's been a hindrance in a big way to the next generation. And um, that's part of the conversation that I always have with church leaders that, you know, they they have to be willing. Mm-hmm. That's the willingness to change and whatever that looks like, because it is tough. And I understand my heart goes out because you've built something for a long time. And, um, and it, you know, it's just a willingness to say, you know, how if we really truly have a heart for the next generation, that means what does it look like to minister to them? And mm-hmm. that means m- might take 
you know, me going out of my comfort zone, what my preference is, what, you know, I, I love that church song or, you know, and, and being able to um, embrace that in a way that doesn't compromise your faith. But I think really evaluating what tradition is mm-hmm. versus what really the faith principle is or the truth is not compromising those standards, but being able to engage um, in a different way that is, I, you know, I, I know there's a uh, a taboo sometimes on relevant, you know, mm-hmm. yes. but in a way, yeah. for lack of a better word, what could be relevant to speak, you know, you don't speak to um, your child in the same way that you speak to an adult. You have to speak the language of the time, and um, mm. but you carry principles, you carry truth, and become. I, I believe when when church leadership have the understanding to become, have a heart of, of fathers and mothers, mm. as opposed to I'm church leaders and this is what the next generation needs to do and they That's need good. to do their part. But it's like, you know, if as a father and mother, what do I need to lay down? What do I need to do so that I can pass on the legacy? Yeah. I can actually prepare them to take on what God has called them to do. Because when you think about that as your natural, I'm not a parent myself, but I'm around a lot of parents. Mm-hmm. When you see that context and you are able to see, that's usually a parent's context. What I, what can I do to actually raise this child? And it's the parent's not thinking about themselves. They're just thinking about how can I pass on the, the truth that I know, even the if, you know, they're Christian parents, the word of God, how do I do this in a way that is relevant to you mm-hmm. my child and where they can actually grow and embrace this? And how do I come alongside that? How do I go with them, walk with them through challenges, mm-hmm. through change, but still stick with them? And I, I believe it's, you know, a willingness, sorry, so a willingness to um, be open to change, but also um, I think that helps when you know, church leaders look at it from the perspective of being fathers and mothers as mm. opposed to just ministry leaders or elders or and I think that's powerful yeah. to, for the for the for the leaders uh, uh, that are from a previous generation. But also now talk to the young people. There's a young person, yes. Michelle, that's listening to you right now. That's saying, Michelle, I want to be like you. I want to grow up and be just like you. What are mm-hmm. what would you say to that person? You know, because we can talk about the we can talk about the talents and the giftings and mm-hmm. the callings and all that. That's good. But there's also in this whole idea of the family of God and fathers and mothers. There's an element of honor. There's an element mm-hmm. of yes. Respect. There's an element yes. of authority. So yes. from from both those aspects, if you can, what would you counsel a young person, maybe 18, 20 years old? I want to be in ministry in some way. I want to serve God. I want to impact mm. the church. I'm praying to God right now that there will be young people that would rise up that would change even our paradigm of what church looks like so we can reach our generation. So if there's a young person that's out there that is called to that, what would you say to them? Um, you're right. Um, the words honor is are really big. Honor and submission. Um, I believe that um, God has given authority, and we need to respect the man's love authority. And um, you know that's where. Um, I believe that God really works in, and builds relationship because you're not striving for something. Actually, a lot of times keys are given. Um, to the next generation mm-hmm. in that relationship of honor because mm-hmm. they're not, tr- you know, when you're you're able to submit yourself to your leader mm-hmm. and um, to be able to, of course, it's not in the context of like your leader's doing something horrible, yeah. um, but when you're able to submit and honor them and, and, and have that respect that you've built something, that's what I always talk to our, you know, our generation about, you know, these are fathers and mothers. We need to honor them and know that they have faith stories. They have 
built something and we're not trying to do something new. We're trying to carry on. And when you come from that perspective and that heart, you actually want to lean into the stories and what they've gone through. Mm -hmm. So it can become something you build on top of. And when there's no competition, then, you know, when you come from that perspective, then you know, there's less of insecurity that is driven in church leaders because they're seeing your heart that it's not to, you know, you honor them. You're, you're trying to say, I want to take what you've built and show me, give me the keys because you've gone through so much. You have this faith journey. I want to like receive from that. I want to mature from that because we're called to do something together mm-hmm. and we're called to do more things. And so how can, you know, you give me, you can help me. I, you know, and when you come from that place of honor, yeah. it changes the conversation. It changes the heart, changes the tone. And that's how I found so powerful. Um, because even in our leadership, when we've done that and honored them and we've hold, held them in high regard and said, you are our fathers and mothers. We're not trying to replace you. We're trying to run with you. Can you please like let us know how, because we're amazed by what God has already done. So show us how you did it. Cause we want to keep doing it with mm. you so that's good that that's is powerful really that's so powerful mm-hmm. for young people that are called on mission and uh, want to be the ones that will take the baton yes. from the previous generation and i think uh, uh just to you know even wrap up this conversation i think uh we have a lot of uh, young people that have been aborted in one sense aborted their mission at least mm. because they uh, they were not honoring. They didn't know how to work with yes. those yes. that were before them. And yeah. uh, in the process, I think you know it's the church that really loses um, y- you know what the next generation has to offer. So uh, Michelle, this has been really, mm-hmm. really, really good. You are, like I said at the beginning, you're an inspiration. And uh, I pray to God that there will be many, many, many mm-hmm. more uh, young people mm-hmm. like yourself that will um, have your heart and take these steps of faith uh, to see uh, God's kingdom expand mm-hmm. into in our generation, in this generation, mm-hmm. in our culture. For all the negativity that's out there mm-hmm. about the church and about our culture and where Canada is going and all of this, I believe God has... Um, God has a new breed mm-hmm. of people uh, that are honoring, that are submissive, mm-hmm. but have um, the, the DNA of yes. the kingdom yes. to impact culture and society. Yes, Amen. thank you, Michelle. So, thank you, Michelle. Thanks for having me. It's Emily, uh, I think that was powerful. I know we're out of time. Mm-hmm. We can't say too much uh, more about it, but I, I just think that angle of intergenerational mm-hmm. and, um, and, and being able to uh, walk with fathers yeah. and mothers of the faith and loving the church yeah. uh, like Jesus loved the church. I think there's yeah. a lot of hating on the church. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And sure, the church is issues. When we say church, we're talking about people. And so people are people. No, there's yeah. no perfect people. Uh, but I think for all that you know, negativity towards the church, yeah. I, I believe that God is raising up a generation of young people like Michelle that are willing to honor the church, mm-hmm. see you know, see her flaws, but yeah. uh, knowing that this is God's vehicle uh, to impact culture and society. Yeah, she said something really powerful and she said there's no competition. And a lot mm. of times we think of competition between, you know, like peers, like on the same level, right? And and so we're both competing for the same thing, but there can yeah. be competition in what this generation wants and what that generation wants. But yeah. when they work together and understand, okay, you, you know, there's a generation that's rising up that things look a little different for them or things may not be so relevant to them anymore. And then there's a generation that has 
built the foundation for us and gone before us and what can we value in each other's experience and that's really powerful and we're not competing to take over they're not competing to um, take away from us and and that's powerful so listen if you know a young person in church uh, I want you to let them know to check out this podcast this episode uh, with Mm -hmm. Michelle Berenger because I think it'll be encouraging uh, if you're someone from the previous generation uh, that has been in church leadership for many years and you uh, you want to encourage a young person ask them to listen or if you're a young person listening and you're saying you know what some of my leaders need to hear what Michelle had to say to them uh, I want you to encourage them to tune in as well so as always thank you so much for being mm-hmm. a part of our podcast uh, if you have any questions in fact we would love to hear from you suggestions feedback etc uh, email us at info at passiontoreach.com or check us out online at passiontoreach.com Thank you for tuning in for another episode of Mission Connect. Join us next week. And if you haven't yet, please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes.